Hey, all you beautiful souls, and welcome to the Eat, Pray, Slay podcast. My name is Shalane Carter. I'm your host. I'm also a personal trainer, yoga teacher, meditation guide, and spiritual leader. This podcast is the perfect convergence of all things health, wellness, yoga, and spirituality, and really learning to break through limitations and open yourself and your spirit up to receiving all the abundance the universe has to offer. Each week, along with myself and many other awesome guests, you'll begin to expand your knowledge and insight on how to level up and step into your highest self. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, all you beautiful souls, and welcome to the Eat, Pray, Slay podcast. My name is Shalane Carter. I'm your host. I'm also a personal trainer, yoga teacher, meditation guide, and spiritual leader. This podcast is the perfect convergence of all things health, wellness, yoga, and spirituality, and really learning to break through limitations and open yourself and your spirit up to receiving all the abundance the universe has to offer. Each week, along with myself and many other awesome guests, you'll begin to expand your knowledge and insight on how to level up and step into your highest self. Are you ready? Let's do this. Welcome back to the Eat, Pray, Slay podcast. I'm your host, Shalane Carter. And as promised, we kind of nibbled a little that there was going to be a special series coming. And so I'm sitting here with my girlfriend, Caitlin Worlinger. She's a marriage and family therapist. And so we are bringing to you when a healer and a therapist walk into a bar series. It's all a series of all the awkward, weird, annoying shit that happens that we often don't talk about and especially as women, but it also happens to men. Um, And we're just kind of going through it and from a perspective of both a healer and a therapist, like what's going on? Why does this keep happening? Why are you like, what the fuck? So I want to welcome to the show, Caitlin. Hello, so glad to be here. She seems so nice. Right, I'm just so cheery. so sweet. Yes. On episode one, we really wanted to, to talk about like, why do you keep attracting the really shitty people not the shitty people they're great people they're probably very nice but you're like they are married or they are emotionally unavailable they never want to commit they never follow through on their commitments of even showing up to dinner like you said all of a sudden you know they're just not feeling too good well they're just not feeling too good six seven times in a row and you're like i just feel like you need to get that checked out but they're like no no i'm fine why is that why do those things happen um, and so from just personal experience, both of us are going to share both, maybe we should share our personal experience. I feel like that would probably be a far more productive use of time, <laughs> but I don't know how long this podcast is. Is it an hour? Is it six days? I feel like we have enough content between the two of us. We'll break it up. We won't, we won't Perfect. leave you here for six days. Perfect. We won't, we won't leave you here for six days, but I would love for you to share just a little bit of both your history and background of how you got into therapy, mm-hmm. um, and I think the, that my community will also be interested to learn kind of what your specialty is. And this is why she is uniquely qualified to kind of talk about this. So go ahead and share. Um, so I am uh, a marriage and family therapist. I um, recently received my master's degree um, with a focus in uh, PTSD uh, first and first responders and trauma. My specific 
specialty is individual males, uh, which which does make it really interesting to also be in the dating world. I am divorced. I have two children, uh, which makes it kind of an interesting dynamic to kind of dive into what it means to be emotionally available, socially available, financially available, uh, what that means for me to be a partner. So um, I got into therapy, um, I've always kind of had like that, this, I don't know if it's like the wrinkle in my forehead or what, that everybody wants to tell me, um, all of their, their secrets, their traumas, everything kind of like that. And for the longest time I would just sit and listen. And then I kind of figured out like, Hey, I can, I can go to school. I can figure out how to help. I should get paid for (laughs) this. Yeah, let's be real. I should get paid for the hour and being pulled over in the aisle at Smith's, um, to listen to this lady's trauma. Um, so it's always kind of You're been so generous. <laughs> I'm I very generous. Like after 15 minutes, I'm like, my ice cream is melting. I, <laughs> I very much was like, I was just here to get bananas. Like I, just, <laughs> I didn't really need to sit in the parking lot with you. Um, so it really has been this really great journey for myself of exploring my own boundaries and what it means for other people. Um, but the, the biggest thing is basically kind of figuring out why we are the way that we are. Um, I specifically love to work with males because I have a grumpy old man for a dad and he was an alpha male who's in the military and I knew that if I could just make him laugh throughout the day that everything would be fine so if there was that little bit of decompression throughout the day he was a more functional human for us and I kind of took a step back and looked at it systemically and I was like huh there's an entire group of people like this. <laughs> the whole population. And now that I'm divorced, I'm now dating that population of grumpy old men. And I'm like, what do I do with this? So, um, yeah. You make it into a podcast. <laughs> it into a podcast. Um, so, yeah. So, after uh, October 1st happened here in Vegas, um, I just had this great um, opportunity to um, call attention to these people that needed help. And I decided to make that my life's work. And... Here we are. Fast forward. That was really quick. Yeah, that's sorry. Really quick, like, <laughs> you know, though, like, that's the thing is a lot of times when you look at your own shit, you're like, wow. Yeah. And either it looks very complex in the moment or it looks very like you kind of skip over all of the juicy parts. Right. And that's kind of what we're talking about is actually right. all the juicy parts because both of us kind of come from this uh, background and experience in choosing people, choosing partners that... Uh, our trauma, our shadow side is like, yes. Mm-hmm. And our highest self, our self that's like, you deserve better, is like, no. And we're like, bitch, be quiet. Sit down. <laughs> You're like, just shut up. Have just a great listen. Time. This right. is great. Like, my shadow is really always telling my like highest self, like, we're you? just trying to get some dick. Yeah. So let's just be quiet. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's always fun when the shadow self moans a little bit louder. And she just, is. she's, she's a always more dramatic. Yeah. And so, and that's what the, the funny part about just dating in general and trying to find a partner and all of these things is you're really kind of looking for truly a partner. When people think, I want to marry somebody or I want to be in a committed relationship or, or obviously like you're dating right. or even honestly, if you're like, I just want a friends with benefits. There are There's certain, a reason for that. Yes. You're looking for connection. Right. As human beings, our most innate um, wish is to have connection. Right. We're not meant to live alone. No. And I think that's kind of the other thing that's I find really interesting is that we we look for we we're all products of our family systems, right? Like we're all products of our attachment styles and things like that, watching our parents' relationships. But if you think about like the family systems 
broken down a lot differently now than it ever has been. And so I feel like we have these archaic values that are like, Oh, well, you're supposed to, yes, yes, that we're supposed to stay together for the kids that we're supposed to, you know, Oh, forgive and forget or do all these things. It's like, no, fuck that shit. Like we're all individualized beings and depending on your birth order, depending on the geographic location of where your family's from, like there's plenty of things that shape who we are, what we want. And depending on the type of family you were raised in, you're going to grow up looking for that. That might not, that doesn't mean it's the best thing for you. But it means it's what you're used to and what you're comfortable with and what you know how to manipulate. And I think that's the biggest part for myself is when you look at what's comfortable, well, I'm comfortable with someone who's malleable, who I bat my eyes or I'm like, oh, I'll blow you later. It'll be good. It'll be good. It'll be fine. Like, (laughs) Because I'll give you a blowjob. So you're going to do. Right. Just do the dishes. Just do the dishes. Um, And so that and that's a that's a we start to, when we start to notice those things about ourselves and it's like, wow, I'm using intimacy as currency in my marriage. Where did I learn that? What is that? What does that say about me? And then, then to turn it into a dating world where you're no longer partnership, you're just sharing small moments with someone throughout the week, but you're still used to using intimacy as currency. Well, that person's not doing anything for you. So why are you, why are you paying them with your body? Right. Well, and most of the time, like you said, when, when you're looking for these people, and again, we just really speak. So just to give you a little bit of history and, and background of myself, if you've not listened to other episodes, um, up until I met my fiance and partner, Matt, I very much looked, sought out for somebody who I was like, I really wanted to be married. I really wanted... Um, <laughs> a deeper relationship, deeper partnership and things like that. And I had a three week timeline Well, I would date for maybe three weeks. And one of our friends really gave me, I didn't realize I was doing it until a mutual friend of ours. Like you have a three week, like what did she call it? Like a three week uh, shelf life, shelf life. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I was like, fuck you. I do. Yes, I do. Yeah. But it was that I, from my kids, uh, my kids have different dads. Um, one is not involved one passed away and from there I was like okay I'm, I'm dating but I was really dating when I looked at the people that I chose they make me feel good in the moment right I a hundred percent even in the dating world used sex and as a way to I'm like well if they have sex with me they must like me yeah and even if I was like this means nothing it still felt like connection to me right and yeah. so when you look at what is going on from when you're, you know, your childhood and what you learn, you learn sometimes that things that actually just continue to affirm basically your, I hate to say like, it is trauma, right. but I think when people think of trauma, they're like, oh my God, I have so much trauma. Right. It's so dramatic. And let me, you know, I'm going to sit down. I don't know if you feel it, especially as a therapist. Right. Like, yeah. I've got a lot to tell you. And you're like, fuck, don't they all? Right. Like we exactly. All, we exactly. all got a story. We all got baggage. We all got background. We all got trauma. So it's not, you're not unique. Well, and what's interesting, especially, and I'm really glad you brought that up, is I think most people think that, okay, oh, I don't need a therapist. Or, well, I guess now it's actually really, it's actually really trendy to go to therapy. It's yeah. really trendy it's to do that. Right. Which I really appreciate. Because, um, A, it fills my chair. But at the same time, um, you, don't have to, you don't have to have these huge injuries for something to be traumatic. Or it doesn't always have to be your mom's fault. Or it doesn't always have to be that asshole who fucks you over three years ago or your boss is a dick or things like that. 
it doesn't have to be these huge things. I mean, even the way that I kind of decided I wanted to get into therapy was through a mass casualty incident. But that doesn't necessarily mean that those are the only types of people that I would want to see. And so we think about things that could bother that could bother us or traumatize us over our, our lifetime. If I sat myself down and looked at my past, I don't I wasn't abused, I wasn't molested, I wasn't sexually assaulted at any point in my life. But I, my dad was in the military and we moved quite frequently. So I know that my trauma is object permanency. I had to recreate my identity every two to three years. That's exhausting as a child. And then to finally come into permanency at the end of puberty, like when I'm becoming, moves. yeah, and, I, when, and then moves. I had, and then other ways and to, <laughs> and I knew what but to you do with them. <laughs> but even, uh-huh. even, I really didn't, I know, a small B cup has like nothing to offer the oh, boys. Oh, <laughs> They're like, woo! Right? And so I think it doesn't, you don't necessarily have to have gone through a car crash. It's it, actually, that's a great analogy. Okay, so if you're in a car accident, you're in a, you're, there's, there's ones where you go through the windshield and there's ones where you're just rear-ended, right? And you still have a couple days later, you're like, God, that hurts. Like, that's a little sore, like mm. whiplash, like something's kind of off. Damn you with the fucking Oh my God, I'm a lady of this. language. If you, I'm going to tell you a little secret. <laughs> I'm a she, logophile. She is. And she is a, like, she's a lady of language with such lady great, language. like, she can fucking find a metaphor for anything. Yeah. Guys, so wish. I'd like you to get a pencil and take <laughs> note because you're going to find yourself saying these things over and over and you'll be like, oh my God, that makes so much sense. Because that's the thing. I think it, like you said before, when you opened is that it's like, there's awkward shit that we all feel, but nobody knows how to put words to it. So if we could properly communicate what we're feeling, we wouldn't be so fucked up all the time. Right. If you're like... Why do I keep, why do the married men, only the married men love me, or only the mar- the, the men who, or women who want to keep me at arm's length, like, right. right? They want to call me when they've been drinking, right. but they don't want to call me when they're sober, when I'm like, hey, do you want to go for lunch? And they're like, well, I really can't. I've got a gym tan laundry. Uh, I don't know if Jersey Shore is ever coming back. I know they're doing Listen, the family reunion. No, we gym, spray tan. And dry and, clean. And dry clean. Because okay. we're adults now. Yeah. I'm an adult. Yes. Um, but that's. But I. But I love that because that's exactly what it is. Is that it's these. It's these moments of, of of, just miscommunication. That's. It's like. It's. It's my favorite joke. Is you know. I called my mom and told her I was locked out of the house, and she said, "We'll just talk." slowly to the door because communication is the key and it's like thanks mom like that's the dad joke I was looking for like if you talk to the lock slowly it'll open um but I think most of us are so like wrapped up in our phones and texting and nobody has you and I have talked about this a lot actually the art of conversation is dead oh it was murdered when the iPhone came out like 100 percent. you can just send an emoji and you're like you know what I'm feeling I don't fucking know what an eggplant means. Are you no. hungry? Or <laughs> you want a blowjob? You want a dick? I right. don't know. Yeah. Maybe you're into men, and all of that. This is your way of telling me that you are no longer heterosexual and do not want to pursue a relationship with me. I don't know. Where are we going with this? I, right? Parmesan, please. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starving. But I think that's that's kind of the, my favorite part is like you and I could go to a bar and we could sit and talk to somebody. I want you to also know and, this is how this came up is because yes. her and I have a tendency to always find the people that want to share things they've never shared with anybody before not in session you guys no yeah no these are yeah it's no no these are not things that we end up getting paid for these are all freebies at a bar so just come find us at a bar you get free shit right richie richie mcneely's usually at happy hour time right before closing something like that but i think that's the other part is that we think that they're having this energetic exchange 
is something that has to end in physical sex. intimacy, yeah. which I, yeah, let's just call it sex. I don't even call it intimacy because that requires feelings, but that's, <laughs> and, nor- <laughs> and that's not happening right now. Happening. But I think that's, that's kind of the thing is just to have conversation, just to communicate, just to be a human to another human. We don't do that anymore. Yeah. And so our, I think what's happened is our boundaries, our boundaries get blurred. Our definitions are not even there. And so as a lady of language, I, I probably, my toxic trait would be to overanalyze or overdefine what a word action means. Um, I mean, for Christ's sake, I'm adopting a stray cat right now because I think it's a metaphorical, like it's a metaphorical lesson that there's this stray cat that just wants to be loved. Let me in, let me in. I can relate with that. I'm just a stray cat looking to be loved. (laughs) She's out there. She's letting us know it's available. I'm showing my belly, wiggling my tail. And she is chasing that straight, beautiful cat who he is like, girl, follow me. And you're like, okay. And then he's like, bitch, the door closes on you. And right. You're, you're like, nope. You're like, oh, cats are solitary creatures. <laughs> Just kidding. But I think that's kind of like, I don't even know where we went with that, but I'm going to, I'm going to roll it back here. I really can't. I think that's kind of what it comes down to is finding those conversations. And I think that's my favorite part of my friendship with you is we do have those awkward conversations and we're like, other people have to be having these. Yeah. Have you ever driven? Everybody has driven from here to Newport, San Diego, everything. And there is that strip of land between Baker and Barstow. You know what I'm talking about? Like that yes. little pass. There's no radio. We both live in Las Vegas, just for reference. For right. Those of you who Sorry. don't live here. There's that little strip of land. It's a weird pass. You pass by like Zizix Road and then there's yeah, nothing. It starts with like an X and you're like, it's like XXYYZZ. I kid you not, <laughs> if you ever decide you want to take a drive for funsies, stop by Zizix, Zizix Road. Road. So you get past that and like none of your downloaded Apple Music works. Spotify just goes out or it's only the one with ads no. and you get stuck in this weird loop of ads and you're like, ah, fuck it. We'll just be quiet. It's like, what's the, that movie that's like um, where he's, oh gosh, I feel like. Groundhog's Day? No, where he's oh. like in the bubble. It's on the tip of my tongue. It, oh. Biodome. This is no. my jam. Come on, Shalane, work with me. I, Give, I need an actor. So, I need a plot line. It's it's the, Truman Show. Yes, the Truman <laughs> Show. Also, she's also a connoisseur of all media. I am a pop culture pop, phenom. Yeah. We can do that. We can do a separate episode on that where we're just like, okay, we'll take in like inquiries or yes. requests of challenge me. I will tell you what the movie's about. But it is, it's, it's, you go through that and everybody's looked at like the minivan next to them and it's like, what conversation are they having? What do you think they're talking about? Do you know what they're talking about? They're probably talking about how they're constipated or how they don't have enough sex or how this weird guy on but Tinder. if the kids are asleep. That's what there's iPads and headphones for. <laughs> this shit did not happen on the Oregon Trail, right? Or they kicked him out of the wagon. They're like, Johnny, you walk for a minute. Mom and I have to have a talk about blowjobs. Sorry. About no, they're like, biblical go connections. behind this tree. You right. can stay over here. Don't right. come yonder. <laughs> this week's episode sponsored by 1883. Um, but I think, I <laughs> right? That would be so nice. But I think that's kind of the thing. And that's probably my goal and my therapeutic goal with all of my clients or even most of people in my life is just like, hey, how do I, how do we communicate ourselves better? How, because here's the thing. If, no, if you don't tell someone you're hungry, you don't get to eat. So I think that's kind of everybody. That's a, probably a pretty pretty normal conversation it's friday night what do you want what do you want for dinner oh i don't care okay chinese but you fucking do care yeah you do care she's like okay i'm gonna order chinese mm. from that place with the thing and the egg rolls and the things and the plum sauce isn't that good plum sauce is never good ever but 
I think that's the point. It's like, well, what do you want? It is. It's the notebook moment. It's like, what do you want? And why are you so afraid to ask for it? Well, and what do you think happens when you do ask for it? Because, and that's the thing is, this is part of the reason that you're attracting these relationships that aren't harmonious, that do create a lot of friction, that you are always arguing, that you are um, up and down, up and down, and makeup sex is great, but it's like the in-between is a bitch. It's because you are not actually communicating what you need slash want. You're settling for what your shadow or what the trauma of you feels comfortable in. So that, again, that trauma doesn't necessarily just always come from parents. It can come from experiences. It can, it can be assault. And that could be sexual assault. It could be physical, emotional, mm-hmm. um, vibrational. <laughs> I feel like there's like a song mm-hmm. that should go with that, but I'm not sure what it is right off the top of my head. It's I can't think of the Truman Show, for heaven's sake. That's all right. I got it. That's what I'm here for. <sighs> Sorry. But, um, the, and that's the reality is that most of the time when you are struggling in relationships, when you are struggling to attract the partner that you want, that really actually does give you more. Most of us want a relationship where they look at people and they're like, I don't understand how these people, how do you fight all the time? Mm-hmm. Like explain this to me. Or how are they just, you have somebody who's so thoughtful. You have somebody who helps out around the house. You have somebody who commits. Oh, fuck. Yeah, golden ticket. Yeah, like. Veruca salt. I want it now. Right. Mm -hmm. It's because what you're attracting is only soothing the shadow or the trauma or the things that you think. Basically, in in a, if you break it down to kind of biology, Mm -hmm. it's like you're. What you, the hormones that you're producing that need that adrenaline hit, that dopamine, that feel good, that like, ah, oh, you mm-hmm. like all these first parts and they kind of make you feel needed, wanted, all of those things, but they don't actually follow through with what you actually desire. So this is, for me, what I had to learn, it was always not necessarily short term, I'm going to use this term kind of lightly, but kind of short term sacrifice, long term benefit. When I looked at what I was attracting, I was not attracting what I wanted. Right. And I looked at and I took really, I was, you have to be fucking responsible. You are attracting these people. Right. Personal accountability is huge. It's like there's takes two people say yes to getting together. You fucking drove yourself to that date. You like them enough to go fucking have coffee. Right. Why am I swearing so much? Oh, it's because it's me. I'm it's so fine. It's me, it's uh, lady the, the lady of language just yeah, brings out I, all the obscenities. Well, it shouldn't though. <laughs> I clearly am only reverting to one word. That's okay. But, but it's the most important. It is. It's because I'm passionate. You it's only use also that functional. Word passionate. Yeah. Right. But really, you you do say yes to the coffee date. You do say mm-hmm. yes to meeting up for this or going to that or whatever it is. And it's because at some point, some part of them, of their personality or the way they behave, the way that they treat you feels something for you. Right. Even if it's just your bed for the night and you think like, oh, we're just going to be friends with benefits. Well, okay. If that serves your physical purpose, why then do you get attached? Or why then do you only keep that so you can keep everybody else at bay? Right. Everybody else at arm's length. Or why do you always only seek out that kind of commitment? Or why is that the only type of commitment you can find if somebody wants to sleep with you? Right. And that's one of my first questions to anybody is always, when was the first time you felt loved? When was the first time you remember feeling safe? When was the first time you remember feeling useful? Okay. So maybe that's a question that you all as listeners should really think of. Like when, when was the first time that you actually felt loved? Like take a moment. We'll wait. Okay. 
so well, no, because it's even let's 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 boil this down a little bit a little bit more. Um, I also want to. I, I love to work with um, with people that also deal with addictions or things like that, or they're children of addictions. So if you think about it, as a child, if you have an addict as a parent, most of the time you're also in a caretaker role. So maybe one of the first times you felt like that at a girl or that pat on the head or oh that's my girl was when you were being useful to someone who they, couldn't take care of themselves right like you got them water or you mm-hmm. helped out around the house because they were not functional right or you made something easier for your parents so the the person that you're looking for the person that teaches teach, teaches us teaches us love affection where it's modeled for us first is our parents so i'm not saying go home and tell your mom this is all your fault or your dad this is all their we're fault we're going to round this out at the end it how, really is how it really is your yes. fault too <laughs> but um but it is it is that that first person that showed you what it meant to be safe or who, what what it meant to be loved and if you constantly saw that person in disarray or dismantlement where they couldn't take care of themselves it forces you to mature a lot faster and you're just like okay I have when I when I bring mommy water or when I bring mommy her Advil or when I give daddy his beer or when I take care of my sister this is what love looks like this is when they're proud of me this is when we start to feel those warm belly feelings but then as we shift into adulthood do you ever notice that that warm belly feeling starts to feel like a pit in your stomach because it feels familiar because it's not safe it's okay I know that this was my survival instinct so your shadow self is like oh my gosh, this feels comfortable. I know how to do this. It's right. like, well, that's the thing is, you know how to do it and it is instinct because you've done it for so long. Right. doesn't necessarily mean it was the best thing for you. Right. So let me put a caveat here that again, I'm all about a personal accountability. It is all, you know, you're, you're the adult now, like I can make choices and your parents were doing the best that they could with the best that they had at the time. That's kind of the, the therapist, um, like Slogan? yeah mantra yeah. is everyone's doing the best that they can with what they have right which is true most of the time even if people want to do better even if they don't physically do better they're right. trying in their own way right so it would be like someone who was significantly overweight well they're taking baby steps they're yeah. w- they're parking further away and walking that's the best that they can do right now that doesn't mean that in six weeks of doing that they can't go a little bit further right right um, so we're looking back at attachment styles. We're looking back at, you know, who provided for us when, what, where. So we are a generation of families that look different now. So when psychology, therapy, all the bylaws came out for both of our fields, they were written by people that were looking at quote unquote normally or typically Nuclei, constructed yeah. nuclear families. Yeah. Those don't exist anymore. There's... I don't... I honestly, there are very few people and I... I Again, I can't test for everyone, but we live in a space where it is not, it is very, very uncommon to find a husband, wife, children who have only been married to that husband, wife duo or partner duo. Right. And never been married before. Right. Also are actually happy and still very enjoy, like don't feel obligated to stay in their marriage because of well, we made a promise at some point. You don't do that. Right. So that's really interesting. I had a, um, there's an older couple that I was familiar with and they, um, they got married. Uh, she was 15 and he was 19 
and this is like back in like World War II era. And she said, you know, we've been married for 62 years. Only 22 of them were great. The rest were all work. Okay, so there's two frames of thought here. One is, oh my God, how sweet. Like, wow, what a testament to love. And they were meant to be together. And, it, you know, people just love people differently. But it also was what they were used to. Well, and it's what was expected. You didn't get divorced. Right. And so culturally, generationally, we do have everybody that's kind of in charge right now. I'm going to use finger quotes. Everyone that's kind of in charge right now is from that same generation. Mm. But as we've put in the work as the younger generation, we understand that what works for you may not always work for me. Right. It doesn't make me fluid. It doesn't make me like, oh, the grass is always greener. But we are... Or, or like in a space where I'm like, I can never see your side. Right. But it just means that... I'm not comfortable there. Yeah. So I think that's the part that... that that's And then the verbiage gets tricky because it's like, oh, you're settling. Why can't this just be enough? Why can't this just be good enough? Well, I'm not saying that it's not good. I'm just saying that it's not enough. And I think that's an important distinction. And I don't think you should feel selfish or you should feel greedy for wanting more. In the well, and selfish and greedy is only imposed on you by other people. Right. Really. Mm -hmm. Because if you're saying, I'm not happy, even though they're a very great person, something outside of you says, you should settle. Right. All right, my friends. Doing what probably everybody hates, but leaving you with a little bit of a cliffhanger. So the rest of the the conversation with Caitlin Worlinger is in the next episode. Understanding why you're attracting people who really make you feel crappy or people that you're like, why do I keep, why do these patterns keep happening? Don't worry, we'll tell you why, we'll tell you what to do about it and give you really practical tools for this. So if you haven't already, make sure you hit the subscribe button so that way you're notified anytime that a new episode drops. We're gonna be doing this entire series that's fun, it's lighthearted, it's cocktails between girlfriends. It's also cocktails between girlfriends who have heard a lot about a lot of trauma. So go check out the next episode.